Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. This is your football life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. And thank you very much. This is your football life. And as usual, folks, we've spoken to some of the biggest names in the game. And make no mistake, this fellow's up there. He won't like me saying that, but when the history of the game is written, this young man, and he's still young and he hasn't finished his journey yet, he will take his rightful place in the history of the game. And as a matter of fact, it was uh, early in my broadcasting career on 3RW of the great uh, team that he played in, he was part of some magnificent games that I was fortunate to broadcast, not describe, but to broadcast. 267 games for West Coast. Dual Premiership player. Dual Best and Ferrest. Captain from 1999 to 2000. State of Origin captain, 96-97. And the Gold Coast coach, 2011 to 214. And that's given it away because so many people say, oh, we're driving along, we try to guess who it is. Of course, it's Guy Bluey McKenna. And Bluey, welcome to This Is Your Footy Life, and it's great to catch up with you, my friend. Yeah, thank you, Rex. So you, and I was listening to those uh, introductions. I started getting breaking out into a cold sweat when Ablett's uh, commentary came through. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, the old man kicked a few goals on me, and then you said big names, and you, you uh, are correct. I'm not sure I'm up in those uh, names of those boys, but uh, still making my way, Rexy. You certainly are up there, and uh, as I said earlier on, uh, we'll, we'll take this a little bit uh, forward before we go back to where it all started for you as a kid with the name Bluey and, you know, working your way to West Coast. Uh, I reckon I've been around the game long enough, and that's 49 years playing or broadcasting. You ain't finished yet, uh, Guy. Oh, no, no, keen to. Uh, look, um, I mean, it was a fantastic opportunity, an opportunity I couldn't say no to, and a lot of people said uh, what ultimately happened to me was always going to happen. And, you know, uh, being red-haired and freckled, uh, Rexy, I like to buck the trends a fair bit. So uh, I took the job on up there, knowing that, you know, whichever way you looked at it, I was going to have the opportunity to take a club out of nothing and build it into something. And, and again, I was pretty proud of that. We won 10 games in our last season. And, you know, a lot's been said about, you know, Gary's injury. But, you know, and I'll be the first to say he's, he's such a powerful and, and such a great play. He means a lot to that football club as, again, as history has shown again this season, but also Gary's injury, but Charlie Dixon, Stephen May, there's about seven seven of our first pick players, and then by the end of the season, we only had one fit player left to choose on our list, so I thought we did a fairly good job to get 10 wins, but obviously that was my opinion, and I didn't have the numbers on my side, so um, the, the, the club made their decision, thinking that we're obviously going to make uh, 
finals, if not this year, uh, certainly go deep into them next season. Mm. They wanted a, a proven coach, so that was their decision. Uh, that's that's fine. That's what happens in the big smoke, they, they say. And so uh, you take the umpire's call, Rexy, and you move on. Uh, beautifully said. I just, I just wrote that down. Umpire's call. It might not be in agreement with you, but you have to walk, mate. Once that figure goes up, or if I've never ever, I wonder whether you have in any form of the game, Guy McKenna, seen an umpire reverse his decision because you're having a go at him, mate. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's why it does make you laugh. The players and the coaches come out and say, I mean, even AFL coaches, but you listen to the the NRL coaches sometimes let fly, and you go, well, yeah, my father was a goal umpire, and mm. he, he'd always tell me, he said, yes, done. Uh, Mate, you can uh, you can come down. Your parents can come down. You can get Philadelphian lawyers to come down. Come down, but you know what? We're not changing our minds. No, <laughs> um, that's for sure. So, and, and, although, and, and the, it only affects you, uh, Bluey. Well, it does, yeah. But as you say, mate, look, I was uh, proud of what uh, we've got uh, started up on the Gold Coast. So I mean, you this, this this year, uh, obviously decimated by injuries again. Unfortunately, yeah. I said we're able to manage the side to, to most seasons and get through the last game and have one player standing. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. They got smashed and they had almost no one standing at round nine this year. So, um, look, I'm sure they get those players back. They'll bounce back. And, and certainly from a coaching side of things, mate, yeah, I'd like to continue to pursue um, any opportunities that are out there. That's for sure. It's a brutal industry. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> you know, earlier, you know, I, I played in, uh, you know, a golden era at the Richmond Footy Club and Royce Hart was generally recognised, still is, as almost the top centre-half forward. Went to Footscray. Failed miserably because he didn't have the cattle, never coached again. I think of Danny Frawley, I think of Robert Harvey, I think now, lately, of James Hurd. Yep. Do you reckon, I have an opinion about this, do you reckon you've been stained uh, as a used goods and uh, or do you think your attitude is that you will get an opportunity again and you'd just love to just show the passion you're showing during this interview and just coach some kids again and see them become household names? Oh, no doubt, because don't, you don't lose, it's like your ability, you don't lose your ability overnight. I mean, coaches used to say that when you're playing, and I don't think you lose your ability to coach as well. I mean, you see the game, you educate the players on how how you must do it to become a professional footballer, athlete, all those type of things, uh, Rexy. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not sitting around waiting for a senior job, of course, because yeah. like I was saying to my wife only just about four weeks ago, she said, oh, you know, honey, how come they're not ringing? I said, well, just think about a club, how... How would you go reinstating or putting a coach after a coach, a previous coach who's just been sacked and you're going to replace him with a, a previously sacked coach? So yes. I said, yeah, get back into the footy system. Yeah, learn your ropes again. Well, I say learn your ropes. Get into uh, coaching a line, uh, senior assistant, uh, development coach. Call it what you like. I mean, certainly from the development side of things, as I said, we, we had a lot of success at the Gold Coast with uh, and everyone talks about the, the talent. Well, I think everyone's got to remember, too, just a lot of them were first-round picks and second-round picks. Yeah. But not all of your first and second-round picks are actually bona fide players either. You no. Know? And so there's a lot of work we had to do. And, again, a lot of those players um, wouldn't even know who their defenders were because most of those uh, good kids actually had the ball in hand. So we had to teach them all the things you had to do when you didn't have ball in hand, like we found out in our first few years <laughs> because they they never had to deal with that in most of their junior careers. So, so yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot on. of time and effort was spent into that, that education, mate. So a lot of those uh, lessons we learnt were good, bad and indifferent. And um, certainly those experiences, mate, can only help me get better, that's for sure. When I talk to young kids, I just say all league footballers are, are kids like you uh, because we can all mark and kick, we can all hand pass, but we can't defend, we can't, you know... You cannot go down to Safeway and buy, you know, 50 bucks worth of self-discipline, that sort of thing. 
But it's only performing the basic skills at the highest level. And I think the fact is that over 14,000 players, the average is now, you know, just over 40 games per person. You're a member of the 200 club, which has just now got 500 members. So it's not for everybody. And it is, as I said earlier, Guy McKenna, it is a brutal industry. Oh, it is. And and as you say, but I don't think ultimately the fundamentals have changed. And we've seen... Obviously, the game go from when you played uh, Rex, and even in, later in my, or certainly through most of my career. Although I'd like to think I was pioneering of the, oh, I used to call it the ski rope, but actually da- yeah. uh, guarding the dangerous space rather than the dangerous man. Understanding, yeah. well, yeah. he's leading up to the pie stand. He ain't going to get that. Well, I'm not going to follow him. I'm making the zone off because I know they're going to kick it down to uh, Wayne Carey, who's standing alongside Glenn Jakovic. I want to get into that contest rather yes. than follow my bloke. So, but still, the fundamentals of actually making good decisions with the ball in your hand. Uh, ball on boots, all those type of things, and uh, you know how to how to run both ways for a midfield. All the simple basics and the fundamentals of the game, mate, haven't changed. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and when the two sides play in this grand final, it's going to be the best two or the best side that actually can execute that under pressure, of course. When Graham Bond and I became very good friends and dear life friends in 1965, we were both invited to train at Richmond under-19s and they were coached by Ray Slug Jordan, you know, the ex-wicketkeeper, and he taught us one very good thing apart from how to swear. It was, hey, son, don't take your space before the ball gets there. And even today, I yell out from the broadcasting box, you've taken, you know, cloak or, you know, uh, another bit, you've taken your space, get to where the ball goes. So you've really reminded me there. Where did it all start for you, and when did you realise, uh, as a young man or, <clears throat> or a young teenager, number one, I'm pretty good at footy, but number two, <laughs> I just love this game and I want to do the best I can. When did the penny drop? Oh, look, Rexy, it's funny. My parents tell a story when I was first. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was the youngest of uh, four boys. So I had three older brothers who used to take me down the park and terrorise me, if you like. <laughs> um, and uh, and so I I legitimately and we're we're in Adelaide because through Dad's work and uh, they, they used to play for the school most of their stuff's done through the school it wasn't private school but uh, um, the local school the community footy wasn't uh, up and running in South Australia in those days it was all done through the school and uh, so I used to get dropped off and the coach used to say you're you're playing in the fourth pocket and clearly I used to say where's that he point me in the direction so that's what I used to do for the whole game yeah for uh, basically a season I used to go and stand in the fourth pocket and fold my arm. Yes. Um, and so naturally, you know, mothers and fathers, one one car, three other brothers that actually knew how to play football and run around the oval and chase the footy, they'd go and watch them and just boot me out of the car at 8.30 because I was the first one off out of the car. Yeah. Following year, um, the, yeah, obviously the coach came along and said, uh, Bluey, that um, that red thing that everyone runs around and chases, you're actually, you can actually get involved in that if you like. <laughs> and, um, and then mum tells the story that... Uh, the next year, uh, the coach said, oh, look, uh, we, we, I think Bluey's going to go from not the nines. He'll, he won't go into the tens. He'll go straight to the 11s. Um, yeah. And mum said, oh, why is that? You don't have a tens team, clearly, because, uh, you know, he stands there with his arms folded. You know, surely they don't have enough numbers where he can uh, he can do that. So scrap the tens and go straight to the 11s. He says, oh, no, no, no. Um, he's changed a little bit. You should actually come and see him play because he actually knows what to do with that red thing when he gets it. You wow. Know? It's the most important thing. Uh, I can't I can't remember that. Yeah. Um, it's a good it's story, though. Yeah, so certainly is a... <laughs> So and, and you'll um, find out, uh, Guy McKenna, that the older you get, you can <laughs> tell these stories to young people and they don't know whether you're bulldozing or not. It's fantastic, <laughs> mate. Have I ever told you how good I was? No, we haven't. <laughs> we've only, only got uh, a few minutes to go. Yeah. Now, um, you ended up at Claremont uh, in yeah. the Waffle when it was a domestic competition like the South Australian competition and the VFL competition. Yep. Did Dennis Marshall play for Claremont? 
Yes, he did. I first became aware of Claremont and how good the waffle was when he was playing for Geelong and I played... I think my second league game and, uh, you yeah. know, Peter Walker was sent out back and he was on the halfback flank yeah. and he won a premiership with Geelong in 63. Did yeah. you have any idea of the tremendous tradition uh, and history of the Claremont side when you were invited to train there? Well, I love Claremont. Uh, our family was split between Swan Districts, Claremont and South Fremantle, probably three of the biggest sides uh, in, in Perth. And so I was a mad Claremont fan. So the Crackers, Warren Ralph, Kenny Hunter. Goodness me. You know, yeah, players. Uh, and I followed them. I had number 18 on my back, number 16 too, mind you. I didn't mind Warren Ralph the full <laughs> forward uh, too. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I love Claremont. Um, and obviously Graham Moss. Graham Moss's four years in the, uh, in the VFL in those days was an amazing yeah. when you think about finished fourth, third, second, and then ultimately won the Brownlow medal in four years and then came back and coached Claremont, who was, he was my first league coach. So, yeah, um, so yeah loved, uh, loved Claremont, loved playing for them, got my opportunity. And as around about, you know, that, that question before, Rex, was about 15 when the penny dropped, I thought, well, not, not even a career, I just, all I was desperate for is to play for Claremont. I had a decision to make, because the private school over here, uh, Christchurch, I was going to say over here, I'm actually standing in Melbourne as I speak, but uh, in Perth, wanted me to go and play alongside Chris Lewis at Christchurch. And um, they had the Alcock uh, Cup, as it was called. Um, so you had to play for your school. But I was just desperate. I just wanted to play for Claremont as soon as I possibly could. So I probably gave up my education, <laughs> stayed at Kareen <laughs> High School. Because um, mind you, uh, Rexy, I'm not sure about yourself, but I said, you could get me the best teachers in the world. You know what? It ain't going to change me a lot uh, scholastically, I don't reckon. It's, so, it's but... like the horse... To drink, mate. We're, we're, <laughs> you are just a pleasure to interview. We've got to take a break on behalf of Tobin Brothers. Now, don't get concerned because Tobin <laughs> Brothers are celebrating lives before you cark it, mate. So, and uh, Guy McKenna is uh, joining us. And for those folk out there, you might remember Gray and Moss if you're over 60 years of age. Bluey, uh, he took 12 marks a game in that, uh, that Brownlow year and 12 of them were contested. Now they say, oh, that's his second contested mark in a week. How good is that? So it was a different time. But out of the break, Bluey McKenna, we join West Coast Eagles in their golden era when you became a household name. And folks, right around Australia, this is your football life guy, McKenna. And it's all for Tobin Brothers, Yibbity Yibbity, Celebrating Lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Oh, Matty, we're celebrating the footy life of Guy Bluey McKenna, who, folks, just hasn't finished yet, and he'll bob up somewhere and uh, inspire a young team to the greatest success. I can just remember, you know, in the golden years of the West Coast, worst bold hand pass over the top, there's Jakovic, McIntosh, oh, monkey, Brennan's got it, and here's McKenna going down the wing, and I just get carried away. You can understand why I love my job. It's important to love your job. Do you think it's important, Guy McKenna, to improve, to rub shoulders with people who are better than yourself rather than taking 20 marks and kicking 10 goals, you know, for the uh, for the Sandhurst under-16s and then getting to a higher level and just fading away? Oh, no doubt, Rexy. Oh, I think that's when you know the most about people and, and certainly the players. When they're under duress, when they're under fatigue, with being challenged, that, that's when the actual real person comes out. And so, yeah, you need better people around to show them the way and... Like I used to say to the Gold Coast boys, you know, the strongest steels forged in the hottest fires. So, you know, you're going to learn more about yourself, um, yeah. you know, in times in, in the tough times than you will when everything, you know, the wind's at the back of your head and you've kicked five goals and everything, the sun's shining and all that sort of stuff. Well, 
we get that. That's all favourable. That's that's expected. We're expected to perform, but it's yeah. when you're, you're howling. And, I, you know, you talk about the West Coast days. Well, my, one of my hardest opponents, and I played on some fairly good players, but my toughest opponent was 1G Brown, Gavin oh. Brown, because 10 yeah. goals up yeah. or 10 goals down, Didn't you had matter. a fight on your hands. You I know, played with a modern-day, uh, with a latter-day Brown, and that was Francis Burke. Yeah. Uh, you know, would go to church on Sunday morning and on Saturday <laughs> afternoon would run through the church and demolish it. It was just amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. you, you made a good point there, and I just, uh, just, just got a thought in my mind about setbacks and coming back. Uh, you know, worst fold, Djakovic, McIntosh, Brennan, rightfully take their place in those golden years. How much of a lesson and an inspiration was losing the 91 flag before going on and winning in 92, 94? Because... As a fisherman, I reckon to really appreciate a good catch, you've got to lose the big one first and then yeah. go after him. Did, did you find that in air conveyance parlance that it got away? I might not be back here again because, you know, it just fascinates me to people say, oh, I don't care. I played league footy. I made a lot of money. I didn't play in a premiership. But yeah. on the Wednesday of the grand final, I'm sure, you know, everyone else does it. I get together with my premiership mates and it's just gold and you couldn't give me any money not to go there. Yeah, the, the, and I call it experience because I used to always scratch my head as a young player. I'd read these stories, and you know, so what? What made an inexperienced player become experienced? And I used to always scratch my head, and it was always you know you played your forty eighth, your forty ninth game, still inexperienced. All of a sudden, you played your fiftieth, and all of a sudden, you're experienced. And I go, hang on, I didn't get that. I mean, just one game. I mean, why yeah. is that the you know anyway? Three quarter time of uh, that ninety one grand final, you talk about experience. Well, all of a sudden, I, I still thought I think we're ten points down, uh, kicking into a breeze, which we'd scored goals before, and I thought we're still a chance here. Uh, then all of a sudden, Dunstall stood up, uh, oh. Brereton stood up, uh, Deer stood up, Morrissey stood up, all, uh, Pritchard stood up, all of Platten stuck up, and all of mm. Tuck stood up. And I'm going, hang on, we I thought we had these blokes, but they just went no. to another level. And I thought to myself, ah, that's what experience is. And so learning from that. Same thing at halftime against DeLong the following year in the grand final. We knew exactly. And I've spoken to Mick only just recently, actually. He talks about it. He, he, he felt at halftime of the Hawthorne grand final in 91, he had the foot pumps out. He had the cardiac machines. He had everything going, trying to pump us all up and get us going. And he reckons in the 92 halftime address at DeLong, he was almost hosing us down. He said the difference within 12 months was, was staggering. You know, but, but it's experience. We were really young, yeah, we're a young yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so. and Churchill proved it by with his war games, and he came under great scrutiny because he actually lost young men in war games. But he said, when these kids see the bastards coming over the top of the hill, then they've been there. You know, they smelt death, and uh, yeah. I think that was was a great example to me that you've got to go to the well many many times. Uh, 1990, when Mick Malthouse uh, came from Footscray and crossed the Nullarbor. It was a bit of a hoo-ha because a Victorian was to coach West Coast, but it was to be their golden era, and you were part of it. Yeah, well, mate, what he did, as you would know, as you've spoken before, I mean, obviously, Mossy with the contested footy, a bit different in the ruck, but Western Australians on grounds as big as the Nullarbor Plain. It was a very skillful one-on-one game. We understood that we had to win, obviously, an interstate club. We had to win on the MCG, and the ground's a bit different to Perth. It could be wet, it could be muddy. We had to get, learn to play that sort of combative uh, brand of football, which Melbournians have always grown up on. And so he came over with a level of professionalism about our training, um, obviously our, our style of, of playing. We had to become more of a contested ball side, more so than an uncontested brand. So we had the skill. He just added the, the toughness and the professionalism, and then we started to obviously get in and muscle it up with the, some of the big sides around at that time, and obviously in Melbourne and, and Hawthorne and, and Essendon. And um, 
and obviously Geelong in the two grand finals. So he really just put that polish on, uh, you know, a, a fairly exciting side at that stage, that's for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, you played with Ben Cousins and your coach, coach Carmichael Hunt. Uh, like most people who just love families, we abhor what drugs are doing to this society. Do you think both of those men will ever get rid of the taint that is placed on them in their careers? Well, no, unfortunately, Rexy. And look, my, my my stance is obviously fairly strong and firm on all that sort of stuff. And because I always say it's like the decisions you make on the field. You know, the coach tells you no U-turns, kick to the top of the square. Well, you choose not to. Well, there's got to be some consequences. And I don't... Well, I, I still think the decisions you make off the field are far more greater, mm. do more damage. They hurt your family. And, and again, a simple little thing that I used to talk about, certainly in the, my time at the Gold Coast Suns, where it was there's four boxes you need to tick. Like you tick when you're on field, you need to tick them off the field. This decision I'm about to make, do I hit the full forward coming out of me or I see the half-forward flanker coming in behind him and he's going to break to the goal square so I can kick that ball over the top and that decision I have to make on the field, like the one off the field, you go, is it going to help my teammates? If it's a tick, go and do it. If it's going to help my football club, tick, go and do it. You know, is it going to, my family going to be proud of that decision? Tick, go and do it. Uh, then ultimately, at number four comes you. Yeah. If it's going to help me, tick and go and do it. If one of those come up a question mark or one of them come up across, I suggest you don't do it. Simple as that, you know. And um, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, Cars and what Carmichael Hunt was able to do for the, the Suns in the early de- uh, early years of actually having or giving us some relevance, certainly in the market in uh, southeast Queensland. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, um, yeah, because the, the decisions on field, we can help you with that. We can sit you down, we can run training drills, we can show you video, but the decisions off the field, Rexy, as you know, oh, yeah. mate, yeah, it takes a long time to wash off your system, that's for sure. Getting back to the Gold Coast Suns, and look, I can appreciate, you know, that uh, you may not want to comment, but uh, Collingwood, uh, you know, my father-in-law, he played in uh, back-to-back premierships in the 30s and went on to captain coach Hawthorne, so it's a pretty good bloodline, and uh, Collingwood won the 58 grand final against Melbourne. They've won two since. They're hard to get. Do you think sometimes board members are not in the real world of saying, we want a flag straight away, because... The basics are, Guy McKenna, that 17 other clubs are going to say, pegs dinger, uh, we're going to do the same thing. So um, there's pressure on the kids. They get Rocket in, who's a fantastic fellow and a man of great experience. But the second and third year blues can hit because if, if a bloke's cutting you up out of the centre, I'm going to get to my question in a moment, if a bloke's cutting you up out of the centre, uh, the opposition are going to target him. And it's how you handle adversity. And that's why so few people you know, are at the highest level for so many years because it's it's just relentless. Yeah, and everyone's different, you know, like, as you say, that same circumstance. And, again, like, uh, Rockets probably found out this year too in which, again, no one no one had coached a group of players so young, um, so inexperienced, all come together out of, you know, first or one draft, a massive draft, a 17-year-old. So we had, I think we had 17 21st in one year, you know, and... Um, the club made a great idea. Let's go and have a 21st. We'll, we'll put it in the middle of January so we can get all the 21st out of the way. Because if not, for a 23-week season, we're going to have a 20. We're going to have a, a 21st on every every Saturday, just about. So yeah. that's where you know all those little differences. And the like, Rockets uh, finding out that uh, the Suns clearly right now. Obviously, he's lost some players through injury, but you know a 22-year-old goes out. Well, it's not like Hawthorne or Sydney or Fremantle, these mature sides that spend their time at the top top end of the ladder. Is, he has to go at, um, lose that 22-year-old, then replace him with a 22-year-old, a 21-year-old, 
a 20-year-old or a 19-year-old. It's not like Hawthorne you can go and throw in uh, Spanger, for example, at 27 years of age and played 100 games and played in premiership. Wow. You know, you just you just don't have that um, availability because of the, the youth on the list. Okay, Guy McKenna has joined us. We've got a couple of minutes to go, and I need to ask you one thing. Uh, it's not about tanking, but it's about list management, I think they call it. Uh, we've got a round uh, that is going to be have more holes than, than one of those uh, cheese with holes in it. Uh, but I'm sure if the Gold Coast were preparing for the game of their life in this year's finals, you wouldn't hesitate because it's within the rules. But I don't think it's great for football, but that's just an opinion. Uh, yeah, probably not in the in the purest sense, uh, Rexy. But again, horses for courses. I mean, yeah, if, if we were if we were le- running into a finals campaign and uh, David Swallow came to me because he's such a combative footballer, I-, I couldn't imagine him coming to me. But we had a conversation with our conditioning staff. This is the, probably the best thing for you to do, David. He'd shoot back to me and say, "Mate, if that's the case, mate, I'm going to do my head in sitting around home." Well, if we can't fix that problem, he probably plays. Um, because of the, you know, okay, we might physically freshen him up, but mentally, if it's going to go, um, uh, make him go backwards, well, we're not, we're defeating the purpose of doing it. So let's just play him. So those conversations would be had. Fremantle, Rossi Lyons done it before. It's worked for him before, arguably. Um, he'll be vindicated, of course, um, if he uh, gets up and wins a grand final or gets to a grand final, and then he'll be victimised if he doesn't, of course. So That's you're damned right. if you do, and you're damned if you don't. And again, each club, each player, there's different circumstances. I. Look, clubs do it actually during the season, the resting players. We obviously had to do it a lot with such a young crew up at the Gold Coast. But, you know, you get to, you know, as you would know, Rexy, and I'd be the same too. The last thing I'd wanted to be doing is resting the week out before the season. Unless the coach says, mate, you're definitely playing. Well, mate, can I see that team sheet for the following week and that first week of the final and see my name and half back? Because if it's not there, I don't believe you. you And how many grand finals have been won in the last few minutes, you know, or the third quarter, look at Stuart Dew, you know what I mean? And you just... uh, you can't, fl- uh, you know, flirt with your form. Look, you've been wonderful to give us your time today. You've always been very good to me with a great deal of respect and warmth. And uh, the career is not even half over, mate. Uh, when the history of the game is written, folks, Guy Bluey McKenna will take his rightful spla- place. He doesn't want to hear that, but I'm telling you, he will. He's a star. And my friend, I thank you for your time today. And Guy McKenna, this is your football life. Much appreciated, Rexy. Thanks for your time. If you'd like to hear the extended version of this interview, check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals or follow us on Twitter at Rex Football Life. Join us next week from 7.30am Sunday morning on 1116 SEN. This is your football life. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.